Oliver Dixon on SAFM. Yusuf Aram, who's the editor-in-chief at TRT World, is with us. Yusuf, thank you so much for your time this evening. Really, really do appreciate it. Under terrible circumstances, we have this conversation. Uh, TRT, of course, being based in Turkey um, and, 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 and headquartered over there. Uh, you guys obviously covering this extensively. 6,000 uh, deaths so far between Turkey and, and, and Syria as a result of this earthquake. 8,000 people having been rescued. Um, 380,000 people and counting taking refuge in shelters. This has been a devastating earthquake. Uh, and and I, I can't recall anywhere in recent history Turkey having been uh, uh, you know impacted like this before. I mean, when we look at the death toll, I, I don't even think that we should take the death toll in into account right now because it's still going to exponentially grow. Uh, the area impacted is 110,000 kilometers squared. Uh, we're talking about an area the size of Liberia, uh, the size of Bulgaria, the size of Cuba, uh, the size of a country was affected. Now, uh, 5,700 buildings are confirmed as collapsed, uh, another 11,000 unconfirmed collapsed buildings. So we're talking about a potential uh, 17,000 collapsed buildings. So that gives you an understanding of the scale of destruction. Now, besides uh, the death toll, and uh, which is going to rise significantly, we also have to think about how many people have been displaced with just one minute of this, uh, with one minute of destruction, which was the time span of the first earthquake. I mean, we're talking about probably a million people that were displaced because their homes were destroyed, and many people displaced because. Their homes have received so much structural damage, they can't go back. And also the psychology of many of the victims of the earthquake, not even being able to go back into an enclosed area. Now, when you compound that with the winter-like weather conditions in the area, it, you get a very, very tough, challenging humanitarian situation. Yeah. Uh, President Erdogan saying that uh, 13 million people of the country's 85 million population having been impacted. 13 million is a lot. This will take tremendous humanitarian intervention to be able to uh, bring a sense of normalcy back uh, to that many people. Um, and of course, this is this is just the numbers out of Turkey. We we have unconfirmed numbers out of Syria also devastated uh, uh, through this the impact of, of, of this earthquake at the moment. Are shelters and hospitals coping with uh, the influx? Well, right now, the, the main the main focus is the shelters right now, preparing shelters now. Uh, the Turkish president is allocating uh, hotels in the Antalya region to uh, survivors uh, who are left homeless, displaced people. Uh, he's also sending them to uh, municipalities in the region as well that haven't been impacted by the earthquake. So... Everyone's trying to make do. Uh, they're trying to utilize uh, container homes, utilize tents right now. And right now, meeting the basic immediate needs. You know, the, the efforts right now are two-dimensional. One of the dimensions are rescue, uh, which will probably continue for about a week, even though after 72 hours, the chances of a rescue, especially at sub-zero temperatures, is significantly yeah. low. The rescue efforts will probably continue for about a week. But the second dimension is relief, and relief is centered upon the three basic necessities, shelter, food, clothing. So these are, are the main focus right now of the Turkish government, trying to meet the immediate needs. I, the word rebuilding right now is just so far down the line, just because the immediate needs are so extensive for so many people. It's really a, a monumental task to be able to meet this, because 
no one was expecting this. It just happened out of the blue. This is you you can't prepare for a million homeless people. You can't prepare for this type of death and destruction. You think you may be prepared, but you're never ready for it. Yeah. Uh, can you paint us a picture uh, geographically of just how far, far people have to travel just to be able to reach a hospital that isn't, whose building isn't, uh, you know, torn down to the ground as a result of the earthquake, or even just to find accommodation in a shelter or a hotel? How far off from the impacted region do people have to travel to be able to receive that sort of assistance? Well, many of the hospitals in the earthquake region uh, are still intact. Uh, the one in Hatay has received significant damage, but uh, many of the hospitals in the region are intact. Uh, the one, the one bright spot, bright spot about COVID was it actually prepared these hospitals for a serious influx of people. So uh, there was some preparation. The hospitals had increased capacity uh, to deal with the COVID patients. So. Uh, the hospitals were actually uh, well-staffed. Uh, they had a uh, much bigger capacity than normal. So uh, that was the one bright spot of the pandemic that uh, is helping these hospitals deal with the influx of people. But regardless, treating a disease versus treating a very acute trauma patient that uh, may need surgery, uh, may need blood transfusions, uh, specific a very quick uh, first aid intervention that that is completely different a different skill set and a different need of ma materials and instruments so uh yes the hospitals are stressed but they are co they are coping uh the area hospitals are helping uh the turkish military is helping with airlifting people out if yeah. needed uh for surgeries to hospitals that are farther distant so uh, everyone is trying to make do right now with the best uh they can because there are finite resources we can't act like there is an endless amount of yeah. money and endless amount of doctors and endless amount of rescue workers. Nobody, no country has that power. Yeah. You have a finite amount of resources. You have to concentrate and use them the best way you can. President Erdogan, of course, having declared a state of emergency, what extraordinary uh, legal powers will that declaration uh, give him and the government to be able to deal with this uh, crisis? Well, the state of emergency right now for the uh, for that area basically gives legal powers uh, to impose curfews at times, uh, bring in uh, not the National Guard, but bring in the military to provide law and order if it's necessary. Now, when you have a natural disaster situation like this and uh, just a complete devastation of the area, one of the major concerns after uh, the first couple of days of shock are over and uh, everyone's getting treatment and the rubble is cleaned up is of course, maintaining law and order, not allowing it to deteriorate, uh, not allowing opportunists, uh, not allowing people with uh, bad intentions uh, to be able to seize that opportunity, to seize the void of governance, seize the void of security. So this type of uh, this type of uh, decision by the Turkish president won't allow that. He's not going to allow security to deteriorate. He's not going to allow law and order to deteriorate. Uh, his right now is only focus. He's not focused on elections right now. He's not thinking about the economy. He's not thinking about foreign policy. The only thing going through his mind right now is dealing with this earthquake. And it is by far the not the number one agenda, the only agenda right now in Turkey.
Yeah. Uh, regional neighbors are, of course, bringing in assistance as well. Countries like Iraq, uh, countries like uh, uh, Georgia uh, being on, on very close sharing borders with Turkey and Syria, uh, obviously having to, to, to assist in this. And, and global leaders across the world having sent out uh, their heart pouring, uh, you know, condolences to, to, to the lost lives and, and their thoughts and prayers to Turkey. But what sort of uh, international support is Turkey receiving at this moment? Well, we're seeing a lot of search and rescue teams come in. Uh, search and rescue teams from Azerbaijan arrived, uh, Greece arrived, uh, Pakistan, uh, Israel. Uh, many others are sending search and rescues. They're on the way. They're about to get here, or, or they've arrived. I just haven't. Uh, I just haven't seen news of their arrival yet. Uh, there's a lot of money coming in uh, to the to disease uh, re- relief funds and. Uh, rescue workers funds to be able to help support their activities. So uh, the world is definitely helping out. NATO is helping out. The United Nations is helping out. So uh, there is there is a lot of help coming in, but uh, Turkey still needs a lot of help. I mean, let me be very honest. Uh, yeah. The devastation is tremendous. This is this is not going to be fixed or rebuilt in a couple of weeks or a couple of months. We're talking to get back to to get back to the day before the earthquake, we're talking legitimately at least five years and a very well financed five years. So yeah. uh, this is uh, this is a very very long term uh, problem that Turkey is going to have to deal with, and it's going to need international help. Let's not fool ourselves. No country can cope and deal uh, with this level of devastation over such a broad area. It, it really is impossible. It it would stretch even the most powerful country to its limits yeah. is 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 it too early to be able to s- determine at least an estimate of the scale of loss in financial terms oh it, it is too early but it's it's going to be in the billions of dollars i mean we're talking about we already mentioned uh 16 17, buildings collapsed uh i i'm not talking about the infrastructural damage to the roads uh, the loss in trade. Iskenderun port, one of Turkey's most important trade ports, seaports, has been burning for two days. Uh, I mean, just so many things that uh, you need to calculate to come up with a dollar value. But I, I would assume that probably at least 100 billion, 200 billion, maybe, maybe much more. I'm just guessing off the top of my head. It's mm. not an educated guess, but it'll be astronomical. It'll be an astronomical price. It, it, you, you mentioned that one of the ports be, having been burning for two days, that means it cuts off the country from being able to receive a great deal of support and aid and also impacts economic activity quite tremendously because ports are, you know, heartbeats of economic hubs, uh, meaning that export and import activities are on hold. Um, is there any semblance of economic activity being able to return anytime soon? Well, Turkey ha- has many ports. Uh, it has many very important ports, but uh, Iskandarim port is an important port. It's located in Hatay. Hatay, one of the hardest hit areas. I, the airport uh, is unusable at Hatay, so it really uh, hampered relief efforts in that area. Uh, the roads going into Hatay as well uh, were destroyed, uh, many of them. So it was very hard at the first 24 hours to get anyone in there. Uh, the devastation was there was very terrible it's probably the hardest hit area uh in all of Turkey, especially in the south in that earthquake stricken region but uh again uh, the port the port has been on fire for two days it'll probably be put out hopefully very soon 
Uh, but uh, how much will it hamper trade? It'll hamper trade a little, but uh, Turkey does have the capacity uh, to continue its trade regardless of that port. So will it feel a little dent? Yes, but this is not a situation where uh, trade's going to stop. Turkey is uh, logistically such a vital place um, connecting east and west, yeah. uh, connecting the Black Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. So a lot of trade comes through the country and it's going to continue to flow. Yusuf, how are you doing? You no, no doubt would have lost or have people in your own life impacted in this. Um, you no doubt would know people, whether colleagues or family, friends alike, who whose life have been turned around for the worse as a result of this this uh, earthquake. How are you processing yeah, that? How you know, are you I, dealing with it? I I try to not get too invested in stories that uh, I follow, uh, but I mean, damn, we're only human, my man. I mean, what can I say? Uh, today I had a broadcast at 10 a.m. and uh, in the middle of the broadcast, I just started breaking down. I couldn't complete a sentence on air. Uh, I mean, just, what are you going to do? You know so many people that have died. You have friends who have lost families. I, I, I got a phone call before broadcast from a very close friend who lost his uncle, uh, uncle, aunt, and both nieces, young, very young nieces, very young, 12, 13-year-old nieces lost them. I have a, a co-worker who lost 40 relatives in Hatay, 40 relatives. Can you imagine 40, losing 40 of your relatives? I mean, yeah, I mean that's like a family tree being wiped out. Th these are the these are the types of situations people are dealing with. Uh, the mother's side of my family comes from Adana, an area that's been impacted. I thank God. I, I feel guilty saying I didn't lose anyone. That's how bad it is. I feel guilty that I didn't lose anyone. That I'm so lucky. Uh, but again, there's everybody knows someone from that region. So everybody knows someone everybody knows someone that lost someone if they didn't lose someone directly themselves so this is something that's touched the whole country and this is something that that no one will forget in a very long time you know i lived through the 1999 great istanbul earthquake i remember that very vividly spent four days in my car uh the first four days not because my building was damaged just because i was just too afraid to go back into it i, I was about 1920 back then i uh, spent four days in my car the one thing I remember about that earthquake, the sound. I mean, that's something that will never, never go out of your mind. That's etched into my memory. The sound, the serenade of broken glass, the serenade of car alarms, and that sound of cement grinding as as the earth, as everything you know is shaking. It's it's such a surreal feeling to live through an earthquake, I'll tell you. And uh, that was a 7.4. The two big ones that hit were a 7.8 and 7.7, .7, so even stronger. And uh, I can't imagine what the people in, uh, Hatay, Adana, Diyarbakir, Karamanmarash, uh, uh, Gaziantep. Many of these cities I just counted are cities of population 1 million and over. These aren't tiny cities. Uh, these are population 1 million to 2 million cities uh, that all devastated, all have buildings collapsed. Yusuf, my thoughts and prayers are with you, your family, friends, and your country. Thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you very much. really, really do appreciate it. Thank you for Thank you for listening, and I, I do hope that uh, support from uh, South Africa continues. Yusuf, the editor-in-chief of TRT World, Yusuf Aram.